0: Is this song in Superbad? I feel like it might be. Or something along these lines is in the movie Superbad. I've, I've heard it before. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in Superbad. Have you seen Superbad? Yes. Great movie. I was going to say, okay. It's, That's
1: great got some, problems.
0: got some problems if you've not uh, seen that. Welcome in. Our number two. It is the Plank Show right here on the home of Sooner fans. I see you've got some donuts over there. Now, uh, I feel like I've seen you mix and match. You've had... Powder donuts. You've had chocolate donuts. Do you
1: have a preference? Uh, chocolate. I'd say for donut wise, I probably I probably bring donuts to the office three five or days four a times, times a week. Yeah, not all five, but it's up there <laughs> every three day. Or four, yes, <laughs> every day. They're kind of my go-to in the morning.
0: Let me ask you this. This is totally unimportant. Have you ventured beyond the powdered donuts? Or the chocolate donuts into the say cinnamon or what do they have like a pineapple donut?
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 thanks on the pineapple or a, cinnamon. I'm not, I'm not big on that. You got Cho- chocolate or powder for me.
0: Especially brave to uh, venture into one of those other regions.
1: And uh, energy drink wise, I switched over <laughs> to Ghost.
0: Yeah, you've got, looking you zero know,
1: sugar, Josh.
0: One, one peek at me and you'll understand that I say this with total. Uh, Total peace and love here, but uh, that is the uh nutritional diet of champions <laughs> oh, yeah. over there.
1: Zero Probably Josh sugar. Helmer diet, actually. Yeah. If you like energy drinks, uh the ghost, like I just said, zero sugar. A little bit more healthy for you.
0: We'll have uh, more on on the rest of these big stories, really next hour when we get into the uh Newcastle Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. But uh Just briefly, a lot of opinions, I would say, out there about the U.S. Women's National Team. Honestly, some celebration, I would say, from some of the folks I'm (laughs) seeing on social media about the Women's National Team failing, which, you know, is sort of sad in its own way, but, you know, feel how you want to feel about it. The uh, Women's National Team, though, I mean, no debating this. What What a massive flop.
1: One uh, yeah, former player. When they were celebrating, when they they tied nil nil, the game before or the match before Sweden, they were out there celebrating, taking pictures with the fans. But yeah, that was really really a disappointing performance by yeah, them against not, Sweden. Not very good. I saw the stats; didn't they have twenty one shots compared to it was like nine or ten by Sweden?
0: Yeah, no they they did, and it was uh, again not not great at all. Our number two, by the way, is brought to us by Allison Insurance. That's AllisonInsurance.com. Health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, and more. Bob and Robert Allison, they can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Allison Insurance has been helping you and your family for over 60 years. Again, online, AllisonInsurance.com. Number to call, 405-745-2968. Uh, a couple of text messages, and and then let's dive into Brent Venables, which, oh, by the way, can you download said email that I sent you? And uh, it is uh, Brent Venables. It'll be a new one. It'll be a different email that I have uh, have sent to you. If you, yeah, right there, Brent on, on practice. There we go. You can get that downloaded in the meantime would be good. The uh, text line, We you know, we played the audio from Andy Staples who he's got well he's moved over to on three college football insider he does his YouTube show and it's it's really good I I you know I can't sit there and say that I've listened to a ton of Andy staples over the years I know probably many have but uh, for whatever reason his move to on three I find myself consuming more I guess just because of kind of my own professional responsibilities combing around YouTube so I see his show and dive into the content every now and again and anyways we uh we shared part of his emergency podcast from I guess it was would have been Friday yeah it would have been Friday before the finality of the moves actually went down in terms of the uh moving and shaking with the college football realignment and you know he he had the point that Oregon State Washington State, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. It just sucks for them. And in a lot of ways, I, I sort of jive and agree with that from uh, Andy Staples. Scary Gary, though. Scary Gary on the text line. Meyer Chevrolet text line, by the way. 405-651-3439. Scary Gary from the 539 says, yeah, I'm not, not buying any of that nonsense, Connor. He says, Oregon State and Washington State didn't exactly do anything right either. Maybe they should have been a little bit more competitive.
1: Yeah, Washington State has been struggling these past years. Oregon State, I thought, played – I thought they played pretty well last year, nearly, or should have beaten USC at home.
0: Oregon State took too long, right? Uh, Finally had a good year last season, and what? Too late. uh, Ten-win season a year ago, and now all of a sudden there's actually some optimism – Based on what they did defensively, and probably stock lower than ever for one DJ Uyungalale. Though, hey, former five-star signee, right? Former five-star recruit moves over drafted
1: in out- the MLB draft. DJ
0: Uyungalale was,
1: yeah. W- what uh, what pick was he <laughs> was re- taking? Really, really late.
0: <laughs> He's obviously still playing football. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, he moves over to Corvallis. And there's excitement right about maybe what could be who knows. It might just be the perfect fit for somebody like that, that came in five-star signee never really worked at Clemson, all sorts of pressure at a place like Clemson, where they've won a couple of national championships. And again, have gotten great quarterback play. When you think about Deshaun Watson and obviously Trevor Lawrence didn't get that from Ui and, uh, now now moves over to Oregon State where maybe that'll be a good fit for him. So all of that to say, Oregon State's on the up and up. But yeah, to your point, probably they took a little bit too long and they're victim of this reality, which is they're, just, they're not the flagship program in the state of Oregon and it's not like they're situated in New York City or Los Angeles, right? You can get away with being lousy if you're in New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, a couple of places maybe. Miami,
1: right? Miami, yeah. But they're not. And before last year, Oregon State was not playing very well, very well football-wise. Just too too late for Oregon State. And, yeah, I wonder how guys like DJ, who, you know, just transferred in and some others as well, feel right now, knowing that we're only one of four teams remaining in this conference now.
0: Kevin in Tulsa writes this on the text line. College football will be the next casualty of a greed-driven society. What do you think about that? I mean, it's obviously money and the financial side of it has clearly taken the sport and radically morphed it. Though, I mean, ratings and the money would indicate that it's not going anywhere. Now, there's many that do have concerns about Disney and ESPN and the partnership there and sort of can they continue to be this, you know, big time financial piece of all of this in college football, there, there's reasonable concerns about that part of it, right, in terms of the types of investments that they've made into the sport, but generally speaking, college football is going to be okay, I think, going forward, just because it's as popular as ever before.
1: Yeah, they just, man, just like what Andy Staples mentioned earlier, that, like, literally no one is in charge of college football right now, and it feels like everybody... You know, can not do anything. If you want to move conferences? Yeah, send some papers and get it approved. Then, boom, you're heading on to another conference.
0: No, and and you know, he got one one thing wrong. There is somebody in charge.
1: It it just doesn't feel like there's somebody in charge. No, there's somebody in charge.
0: <laughs> there's a couple of people in charge, and they work at ESPN. They work at Fox. They work at NBC, etc., etc., etc. That's who's in charge of college football, like Kevin and Tulsa said. It's uh, it's the folks that have the big pot of gold. That's who's in charge of college football. And, okay, in terms of a commissioner, I, I get what they're saying. There is no commissioner. But I've also got news for you out there. There's not going to be a commissioner, I don't think, of college football ever. This idea of, like, where are we going to wind up 10, 15 years from now, I can see the scenario, Connor, where – Basically, the Big Ten and the SEC, essentially it's AFC, NFC, and those two champions, well, champion of the Big Ten and the SEC play in a national championship game. And you're either in the Big Ten or the SEC or whatever those two conferences, if they remain that in terms of a brand or if they rebrand, whatever those two entities are, you're either in or you're out. And if you're in, okay, great, you can play for the, the national championship that's sort of most recognized as, again, the national championship. And if you're out, well, tough tough stuff you're you're not in it and yet i don't think even if we get to that point connor i don't see where you'll have one overriding voice of both the big 10 and the sec and the reason being for that is i just don't see all these folks sharing money with one another i think the big 10 and the sec and the acc and the you know obviously the basically the pac 12 dissolved because they weren't financially competitive with everybody else, right? The Big 12 beat them to the bargaining table, wisely so. Credit to Brett Yormark for that. So, I guess my point to you is <laughs> the Pac-12 clearly, right? Uh, nobody was looking out for their interest. The Big 12, the ACC, Big 10, SEC, these schools, these presidents, these chancellors, these commissioners, they're not in the business of trying to share money with one another.
1: No, they're just they're just worried about, you know, what the, their own conference and what what they're doing.
0: So that being said, I just don't – I don't see us getting to a point really ever where college sports are, hey, there's one overriding figure of this thing just because right now the power brokers that be are the respective conference commissioners and namely the commissioner of the Big Ten, Petiti and Sankey and then uh, obviously the television executives. I mean, that's who's in charge. That's who's calling the shots. It's interesting though. One uh, one more here on the text line, and then I promise, let's let's actually talk a little OU football. Uh, Scary Gary, from an athletic standpoint, what makes the Big Ten better than the Big 12? And then uh, one more, I'd rather see the Pac-4 merge with the American and they could be a borderline power conference.
1: Well, that's the big question. What do you do with the Pac-4? Where do you move them to? American, I don't think that would be a bad idea. I think you make it simple and just put the rest of those Uh, Pac-12 teams into the ACC, call it good. Instead of Power 5, you got the Power 4 now.
0: Yeah, I just sort of see the Pac-4 and the Mountain West, something happening there, whether it's those four fold into the Mountain West or, you know, somehow they can just work a merger and call it the Pacific Coast Conference and sort of the Pac-4 gets to save face to some degree. I mean, then again, if you're the Mountain West, are you trying to – do the Pac Four a bunch of favors after they tried to pickpocket San Diego State from you?
1: I wouldn't. Or <laughs> I San wouldn't Diego State that. was was close to. I mean, I would. I wouldn't help them out. Uh, yeah, at all. I would imagine
0: there's some hard feelings, but uh, we'll see. Nine one eight. Can you help me understand who went where? I've been in Branson since Thursday. Just got back last night. Been under a rock. Wife wanted us to unplug. Well, okay. In quick summation, Arizona. Arizona State-Utah joining Colorado in the Big 12, Oregon-Washington to the Big 10. It's done. All the moves are finalized. Uh, effective 2024. So that's, that's done. And really now it's, okay, is there any life raft for Cal Stanford, for Oregon State, and Washington State? We'll see.
1: About to find out. Someone also asks, from an athletic standpoint, what makes the Big 10 better than the Big 12?
0: Pretty good stuff here out of the four hundred five too. We can uh, we can chime in on that the two conferences thing. Why the media? Why do you guys keep pushing that? That's uh, that's good. Real quick though, Brent Venables. Let's let's set the stage as we progress through this hour. Brent Venables, shared thoughts on Friday. On well, Coach, how has practice gone so far?
2: First couple of days, um, we're obviously we're not uh, pads, and tomorrow we're going uh, shells and take Sunday off and just have meetings. And uh, so it's been really good, you know, getting to get 63 guys that hadn't been here for fall camp. So there's a transition uh, for several guys, but still football. And uh, it's just a little certain way that we do things and really pleased with how guys are uh, transitioning and adjusting. And really excited we're getting better, had some situational work. And um, there's a lot of, you know, give and take. And that's what you want to see. I'm seeing guys make some plays, not just the layups that go without saying, but guys that are making plays. And that's uh, you know, we've had some guys like an Eric Gray uh, or uh, one of my favorite players of all time, nine uh, from last year that made some plays. And uh, But we got to get more guys that can make plays on both sides of the ball uh, when maybe everything isn't perfect. And I'm seeing that uh, maturation and uh, so especially I saw some things some guys making some great plays on offense today really uh, encouraging where guys are in great position on defense and guys are just making plays if it's a quarterback if it's a receiver it's a tight end if it's a back uh, so really uh, encouraged by that and I uh, got a long way to go uh, a lot of improvement and uh, you know, again that's you know about two out of 24 uh, that are in the books and we got to make them all count and so a lot of a lot of work to be done, but really pleased with, again, buy-in and leadership and toughness of the guys. They've looked good off through the first couple of days. So.
0: There you go. A L- little update, things uh, going well per one Brent Venables, and yet got to see it's simplistic, right? I, I love uh, the simplistic nature of it. We got to see guys making plays, Connor. And-, and who was that? Number nine, he was referencing Braden Willis. Braden Willis, yeah. In addition to Eric Gray.
1: Yeah, who's gonna make those plays? Braden Willis and Eric Gray played a big part in that offense a year ago. Now you got some new faces, uh, especially at wide receiver. You got some battles at running back, who's gonna get uh more of the reps back there. So a bunch of different things to look at uh from an, just an offensive standpoint, who's gonna who's gonna make those plays?
0: And it's so well, when he's talking here, Connor, it's so early in the process to where uh, what, what did he say, shells? In-, in shells where you're not wearing the the full pads and shorts and everything, and you've got two practices under your belt, so okay, guys are flying around making some things happen, but they're not popping the pads, uh, you know, effectively popping the pads just yet. Though uh, I mean, but that's w- w-
1: when you get the full pads, then you then you'll find out.
0: That's right. I mean, who's gonna go make some plays? Oh, yeah. Who uh, welcomes a little contact? Who's going to go deliver some contact? I hope we get. Uh, some of that out of this camp, right? That guys want to go deliver a little nastiness. Whether that's the the defensive line, linebackers, on and on and on. I was uh give a shout out to these guys. Eddie and uh well the Scooter, Sooner Scoop guys story. I was watching their their recap over there. They did a nice job their uh practice recap and mixing some of the, the video in and everything and it's here, and and yet, you know, there's only so much you're going to be able to get out from, you know, practices where where you don't have the pads, and, well, we'll see, I mean, how many more the media gets to go to over the next couple of weeks, but uh, everything so far looks good, but one of the things that stood out from the video of theirs that I was watching is, uh, they said Jaron Kanick looks great.
1: Canick yeah, put, put on some uh, really good weight, got bigger at the linebacker spot, played a little bit last year, but... Man, I feel like the ceiling's high for that kid.
0: And he does look really, really good, man. And you you look at it, and Kanik is, at least the other day, was sort of second in line with the linebackers or right there toward the front. Are we, are we saying, okay, that uh, he's going to be right there with Mr. Stutzman? Uh,
1: man, I think so. I think it's them two, and I think the other linebacker spot could be a battle there is Kobe McKenzie. Uh, a guy like him, uh, ready to go, ready to get a lot of a lot of snaps at linebacker. It is
0: shells, and you know, <laughs> not going to get carried away. But even the well, yeah, let's get carried away. The the videos that you're you know watching that I was watching, Kanek does just. I mean, dude, he just flies around. Yeah. he looks like such a natural athlete. And, uh,
1: another guy up there, I saw a video or some clips from him, but uh, Dejon Terry, the Tennessee transfer. That's a kid that uh, me personally, I kind of forgot about that name who came in to Oklahoma. He's got great size. I mean, that's what you're looking for, 6'3", uh, 321. Uh, guess some beef up front on the defensive line.
0: Steelman, if you're listening there in the side studio, if you've got the – I didn't realize this was said because I wasn't in the scrum when – I guess it happened the other day at Sooner Media Day – if anybody has the audio of uh, Todd Bates talking about this defensive line is like Christmas in August, I w- I did
1: oh, I see do I we have an article that of that? Let me see if I can find the clip. I saw the article headline of I, it.
0: I can do some digging. I, I'd like to hear the uh, actual audio of Bates saying that, but uh, I mean the gist of it was we got a little more girth up front, and that's like Christmas in August. So let's keep rolling through. Let's just make this a, a Brent Venables heavy hour. What do you say? It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. The uh, still, still all day home of Sooner fans. No, it's not going away. I mean, come on. We got 3.3 million listens over uh, the last 12 months. Right here, it's the home of Sooner fans, the Plank Show, our number two brought to us by Allison Insurance, allisoninsurance.com. Number to call, 405-745-2968. He's Connor Pasby. I'm Josh Helmer. This is a quick T.O. Back with you in just a moment right here on the home of sooner fans appreciate you steel man he's getting us dialed in little todd bates cut here and uh in uh i don't know this segment next segment in the near future todd bates talking about uh, what we mentioned that oh you got a little bit of size a little bit of size that they've added into the equation and it's uh, a different world than where OU was at going into last season that uh you know, OU right now has got five guys of 300 plus in the the defensive tackle group, and well, a year ago they they just had the one. So that uh, that is very positive.
1: Yeah, good sign to get five guys over 300 pounds. That's a crucial position for Oklahoma. Has it? It's been for what four or five near, years now.
0: The five guys, by the way, Dejon Terry, Isaiah Coe, Paya, Jordan Kelly, and Kelvin Gilliam Jr. And, you know, you got Grayson Halton and Jonah Laulu, who uh, each have have added quite a bit of weight as well. But we'll hear from Todd Bates in just a moment. Hour number two, again, brought to us by AllisonInsurance.com. Number to call, 405-745-2968. Out of the 405 405- who is lining up at running back one?
1: Who do you got?
0: Well, and I think they're asking because I said, uh, you know, Kanek was running toward the top of the line in the, the stretch or workout session that uh, the media got to view the other day. I, I didn't see that part with uh, the running backs, but uh, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, Javante Barnes, Gavin Sachuk, either of those two, probably Barnes would be the, the most likely, right, major?
1: I th- yeah, and I think we'd get a better idea later on. I know it's only been two practices, but I, I would say Javante J- Barnes for right now. And I'm a big Toby Walker guy, too, especially for short yarded situations. A big a big bowling ball, not comparing him to Samaj P. Ryan, but they're kind of built similar.
0: I s- I've said this before with Barnes and with Sachuk, since they're basically on the same timeline or close to now Connor each each has been here full season and you go into this thing to where again timeline wise whereas Kennedy Brooks had had been sort of a long time back for Oklahoma and Eric Gray had just transferred in even though Eric Gray was somebody that in his own right, had played at Tennessee. He was he was transitioning to OU, right? So even with the opt-out situation of Kennedy Brooks, that was sort of the the old head in the room for Oklahoma. And it ended up playing out that way, and Kennedy Brooks had a fabulous 2021. Eric Gray last season winds up, uh, you know, over a, a Marcus Major and then the, the rest of the youngsters. Older guy, different timeline than, say, a, a Barnes, a Sawchuck, and uh, he ends up... The, the main guy. Now you've got a, a year here where Barnes and Sawchuk again, timeline-wise, they're right there together, so are we set up for a season for OU to where Barnes and Sachuk that we genuinely end up with a couple of backs that each split the load? If it's those two, that they split the load fairly evenly?
1: I mean, that that could be the case. I mean, going back to you know, what they did in that bowl game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, something that we saw similar with Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, both of them uh, sharing the reps and, uh, in just certain spots uh, on offensive uh, possessions. But, yeah, I can see that happen. Saw so Chuck and Barnes uh, split the reps. It's going to be special to see these guys grow up and get better and better uh, throughout their career at OU.
0: The... Uh... Initial act was was pretty impressive for Sachuk and Barnes, one-two combo, right? Both guys uh, top triple figures, and that was uh, for Oklahoma offensively was was Barnes and Sachuk right? That was big piece of uh, what was most impressive in the Cheez-It Bowl.
1: Yeah, I think they're a different type of running backs, too. Barnes has maybe a little more size, a little more explosiveness, and... Uh Sawchuck, I mean, he's he's got the speed. When he gets to the daylight, gets past the defenders, man, he's got a chance to take it to the house.
0: From Sugar Shane in Newcastle, I bet we see Sawchuck and Barnes
1: start games this
0: year off and on.
1: Have both of them on the field at the same time. I wouldn't mind it. You know, it's, again. And they, they could do some things out of the – or in the pa- be a part of the passing game too.
0: I just – yeah, I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling that – Barnes is going to emerge as the number one guy. I've uh, sort of earmarked Sachuk as one of my can't-miss breakout candidates of the year just based on really the bowl game performance, the speed, track speed. He's got a different dimension about him. So I'm fully suspecting that Sachuk will either be this team's leading rusher or right in the mix for that. So absolutely I can see the scenario where Sachuk and Barnes – Alternate and one has a ton of carries one week, or they both pretty evenly split. I, I 100% think Sachuk will be a big time factor for this football team, whether or not he winds up actually as the team's leading rusher or not. It uh, just to me again, I think sets itself up to where even though the last two years OU has wound up with this clear cut number one guy in Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray. I think one of the topics we're going to hear about throughout this fall camp is that, hey, everybody's looking good. You got an old Everybody chiseled vet in Marcus Major. You've got Satchuk and Barnes looking good. What about Smothers and Hicks? Uh, Towie Walker, who you mentioned, it's a really, really good running back room.
1: Yeah, and how about, yeah, Marcus Major's name just he keeps getting, I mean, brought up to uh, the media day that OU had, what was it, uh, last week. I know he got mentioned a few times, so we're still waiting on him to – you know, just really step up. But it could be just Barnes and Solchuk. I would love it to have both of them on the same field. I think that can cause some, uh, cause some problems for a defense. <laughs>
0: just line us up in the wishbone via the Texas. Back line. to
1: the good old days.
0: I, I don't know that uh, Oklahoma's lining up in the wishbone, but I do think this team, Connor, is going to be run the rock heavy in the front half of the season. And – Probably not the worst characteristic to have as a defining characteristic if that is one for OU that they lean on the run game in uh, in a large way this season. But early on, front half of the year leading into and before the Texas game, because of the situation at wide receiver, a little bit of the finding out, figuring out process for OU, and because of what we saw this offensive line do in the bowl game with uh, names like Bird and Guyton, et cetera, et cetera, how well they ran the ball, I fully suspect that OU will be run heavy. Not that they're not going to line up and, and toss it around the yard to, whether it's Wes Petaway, a newcomer, whether it's Jalil Farouk emerging as the number one wide receiver. OU's going to throw the football. We know that. But I, I think the run game is going to be the bread and butter early.
1: Well, and being able to run the ball is important. I mean, OU was a top 20 20- I believe they're a top twenty rushing offense a year ago. I know you lose Eric Gray, but you got so many options back there uh, at running back. So yes, it's important. And if you're running the ball really well, you stick with it. That's what you do.
0: Yeah, you don't. You don't. Don't uh, go away from it. Don't fix uh, what's not broken. Stick with the 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 running of the football. From the one more, we'll take a to. I think. Oh, you will use a healthy dose of Javante Barnes and Gavin Sachuk. first three quarters. And if the lead's there, maybe working in younger guys or Tawi to keep those two healthy
1: so we talk oh, okay so we talk about the fir- first game of the season against Arkansas State is that what that <laughs> text is talking about I,
0: I think they're just saying let's just roll everybody all year <laughs> and let's make Let, let's, fourth- have a, let's have
1: a good lead through three quarters <laughs> right. every single game and they get some younger guys in
0: make fourth quarter Tawi time now and forever into the future for this football team which uh that gets back to one of my one of my feelings about this football team we've Talk so much, fourth quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter. This team needs to be better, right? That was sort of the talking point. It's, uh, if everybody got their talking points at Big 12 Media Days, that was it for OU is, hey, we got to be better in the fourth quarter. It's just one or two plays right here. Uh, let's not have it come down to the fourth quarter. Let's take this MO right here from the nine one eight. and, yes, let's make that Tawi time. Let's make that if it's you know Marcus Major that's not starting. Let's make that Marcus Major time. Let's uh, go ahead and just lean on the run game and comfortably – cruise to some victories in 2023
1: yeah we had a tendency of playing good in the first half but man you gotta gotta find a way to keep that going in the second half offensively can't get stagnant you gotta keep moving the football no stress 2023
0: schedule stinks 2023 where do we sign that's what we're hoping for
1: (laughs) yeah that is that is
0: that was, uh, that was pretty good stuff earlier this morning, too, by the way. Stan from uh, Kansas State jumping on with T-Row, and even he was talking about, maybe we can pull that cut, talking about uh, how Oklahoma's schedule is just favorable. It just looks like things are set up for OU to have a really, really good season. Yes, yeah, Sooner Gundy. I thought the talking point was, quote-unquote, competitive depth specifically. I think
1: we had a count of seven or eight times that was mentioned. Seven or eight, throughout the all, all the coaches. Oh, oh more? You think oh, more?
0: F- seven or eight? They're like maybe, s- maybe a
1: lo- maybe a lost account. How
0: man. about seventy five or eighty? <laughs> you kidding me? Everybody was saying competitive depth, like nonstop. Okay, uh, chopping the audio as we speak. We'll come back here a little bit more from the head football coach Brent Venables. His thoughts at uh, the end of last week: two practices out of twenty four at uh, that juncture in the books. It's the Plank Show, our number two right here on The Ref. And I should tell you, by the way, all of our camp coverage, all of it is brought to us by Neutral Vodka Seltzer. Real juice, deliciously clean, light, refreshing taste that uh, you're Coming to know and love, gluten-free, just 100 calories, zero added sugar. You talked about that earlier, Connor. That's important for you with your energy drink and obviously right here with your neutral vodka seltzer with real juice, zero added sugar. That's, uh, that's good stuff. You can find neutral at any of your local liquor stores or ask for it by name at your favorite bar or restaurant. It's The Plank Show. Back with you after this. A little bit, little bit more from Brent Venables from camp in just a moment. It's the home of Sooner fans back with you it is the homo sooner fans right here we call this the plank show he's connor pasby i'm josh elmer morning everyone welcome back just want to say on a day like today we are thankful for all of you that have joined the ref army we want to keep keep growing that thing so download our kref app and you can listen listen to us anywhere in the world Love uh, seeing where the Ref Army is listening from. And, of course, you can still listen to us, 1400 a.m., 99.3 FMKREF.com, and on all of the other statewide affiliates. And uh, it's so easy to download the KREF app. So just go to the App Store, search for KREF. It's free, and you can listen again on your phone, computer, iPad, wherever, anywhere in the world. So thanks uh, to you, the Ref Army, for continuing to support Oklahoma Owned and operated radio. We've uh, seen a ton of growth, 425% on the app and uh, social media, you name it. And we can't wait for this football season. We want to keep growing on the the REF app. So, KREF app, just uh, download it over there.
1: TV tonight, more at Westmore. By the way, softball getting... Getting going this week.
0: That's right. And I should tell you, three point three million listeners
1: yeah. in the uh <laughs>
0: the last last twelve months. And every hour of the show is podcast in case you missed it. Uh I know that because uh you typically stick stick around to podcast. But so we do the show before we get out of here. So Uh, I would like it if you listen to the podcast, though. I'd like it more, even more, if you downloaded the app and listened on the app. Just search KREF anywhere uh, you uh, search for your apps. KREFsports.tv, you mentioned it. Schedule gets underway tonight. Fast-pitch softball, more war, more, and Westmore is 630, so you can check out that. KREFsports.tv. And let's see. I will be out, I believe, on Thursday. My first event uh, of the calendar year. That's not the uh, Norman High coaches show, which will be uh, on Wednesday night. That'll be fun at uh, seven o'clock. Norman High softball show on Wednesday night. First uh, event for me will be Edmund Santa Fe UConn volleyball, six o'clock on Thursday.
1: And last, speaking of the more we, more Westmore tonight in the regular season last year, they played twelve innings. They had a score of I think Moore won it twenty two to twenty one. So, just throwing that out there. Those are two uh, really good teams. Moore made the uh, state tournament last year. They beat Westmore to move on. So, they got some good squads. It should be a really good game tonight. So, if you want to tune in, krefsports.tv.
0: Okay, you tell me if you're buying this at all. Okay, this is from – and I've seen this individual tweeting some stuff out here and there about realignment, et cetera, et cetera, out of Washington, D.C. Jim Williams, okay, Okay. uh, tweets this. The Pac, or whatever we say now instead of tweeting, <laughs> posted this. The, e- uh, the,
1: ex- the exit. Would you say exit? Zeding. <laughs> Exceeding.
0: <laughs> Which, of course, is uh, ridiculous. But uh, Jim Williams uh, posted this. The Pac Four will talk with the ACC about a merger. The ACC legal team feels that the additions of Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, could open up the door for a better TV deal with ESPN and obviously would keep Florida State and Clemson happy. It would bring Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech uh, to the coast as well. It's a very long shot. That's from Jim Williams. And uh, emphasis, I think, on the last part because I just – I mean, do you see that happening?
1: Yeah. I mean, they got got to put them somewhere, and I think ACC would be – the way to go, I think, it would make things uh, a little, a little bit simpler. And like well, I said earlier, to turn it to a, you know, a Power Four, I guess you could say.
0: Well, with all due respect, they don't have to put them anywhere. So I hear you. It feels like Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, Stanford need to wind up somewhere, but they don't have to be anywhere. I mean, they could be in the Mountain West. Mountain West could merge with the Pac Four. That, uh, that to me just feels like the ACC is like well wait a second if we add these four can we get back to the negotiation table which we know they've been locked up in that grant of rights and TV partners have said yeah we're not negotiating until the grant of rights is up in 2036 Florida State their representation their leadership has uh well been outspoken that they're not happy they want more of the cut of the pie. They want a bigger piece of that revenue share. So to me, this is all about, okay, if we add these four, can we negotiate again? And I just don't know that, I don't know that they're going to, I don't know they're going to renegotiate with them.
1: That's the thing, the negotiating part, like to see if they can all uh, agree on this. But I think that's the the best spot for them, is to go to the ACC. I don't know about the Mountain West for the leftovers in the Pac-12.
0: Financially, yeah, it would probably be the Best situation for him. Guy chimes in, four West Coast teams with the ACC. Yeah, that makes uh, perfect sense. And you wonder why those two conferences are in the worst shape. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, uh doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, does it? Jim in Arlington. Pac-12 witnessed what happened to the Big 12, losing their bell cows in Oklahoma and Texas, only to quickly regroup their footing with UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU. Back t- the Pac-12 and their commish – Had a blueprint of what to do when their Bellcows, USC, and UCLA left, but they were too proud and stubborn. Joke is on you.
1: They got stubborn and just too late in the process looking into the future. Well, the future is not looking great.
0: Little Brent Venables, I've sent it over to you. Connor, let's uh, close up hour number two and just keep rolling along in hour number three. Top five stories in Brent Venables. A lot of camp talk. Uh, We've got a cut from Todd Bates as well. I want to pass along. It's the home of Sooner fans. Back with you in a moment right after this. Back with you closing up our number two Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Talking a lot lot of bit about camp for Oklahoma. And, of course, that's brought to us by Neutral Vodka Seltzer, an official sponsor of OU Athletics, made with, Vodka, seltzer, and real juice to offer a deliciously clean, light, and refreshing taste. Gluten-free with 100 calories, zero added sugar. It's going to be the last hard seltzer that you'll ever need to try. And you can find Neutral at any of your local liquor stores or just ask for it by name at your favorite bar or restaurant. Again, Neutral, vodka, seltzer, bringing us our OU camp coverage. Are you a, uh, you know, and look, no, no harm, no foul either way. Are you... Do you like to party a little bit? I mean, like, what is your drink of choice if you drink?
1: Well, I'm past college college now, Josh, so I kind of toned it down. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I really don't. Sometimes I'll have a few uh, maybe on the weekend, but I am a big big seltzer guy. Okay, so. Truly's high noons. High noons are really, really popular. Well, you're no
0: longer that kind of person anymore. You are now a neutral Neutral. vodka seltzer person. I've had
1: some neutrals. Really, really impressed. I really like it. Well,
0: there you go. The stamp of approval. Uh Speaking of stamp of approval, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, Todd Bates says, We got some boys, we got some size up front.
3: Well, man, it feels great. You know, last year just coming in, you know, we had only one guy that weighed over 300 pounds when I got here. We quickly, you know, Smitty doing the work that he does with guys um, improved that number to three last season. Well, we're going into camp this year with five that weigh over 300 pounds. And, man, one of the You know, main things that keep guys from getting movement in the middle on this earth is girth, and we finally got some girth. So, man, that's exciting, you know, the big boys, and they can move. You know, we had um, Grayson Halton. He started off at 267 um, when he arrived here. He's up to 285 now. And, um, you know, Jonah Lululu, when he was um, last year at defensive end, he, he weighed 272. He's already up to 290. And you get that way by messing with Smitty and being committed in that weight room. And that's what we've done. Our guys have just put in the work, man. They've listened to um, us coaches because, man, you know, it's a coach's job to identify whatever the issue is and player's job to fix it. And they trust us to put them in the best situation and also to get them to the best weight so that they can play their best.
1: There you go. <laughs> Five guys over 300. That's what we like to hear.
0: That's, that's good stuff. You got to have that. And uh, the Norman Poet does it again. Uh, the thing that you need – on this earth is girth. <laughs> we finally got some girth. <laughs> yeah. He's just dropping bars over there. And I love that uh, he brought up messing with Schmitty in the summertime. It looks like they, they
1: have been. A lot of guys getting getting their weight up.
0: All right, we are out of time. Hour number two, top five stories of the day. Coming your way next, presented by Newcastle Casino. That's it for hour number two. Back with you. Top five stories next right here. Homo fans.